Hello, and thanks for being a listener to General Order 4. Today we're going to be continuing a discussion that we started last week. If you have not gone back and listened to an episode entitled Matching Our Methodology to Our Philosophy, Part 1, I recommend you go back and listen to that first, and then come back here. Thanks again so much for being a listener to General Order 4. We're looking forward to that discussion. both were identifying areas where the body wasn't responding to the head and we were and we weren't recognizing in our practice and our methods and our tools we weren't recognizing the headship of Christ for this episode of General Order 4. On today's episode, we are going to do part two of the discussion we started last week on how our methodology ought to match up with our philosophy. I think part of the natural tendency is to go straight to the because I said so mentality. Um, especially for leadership, a lot of times for, because of our own pride, we mm-hmm. equate questions with a questioning of our authority. Um, that's not the same thing. You know, if it was the same thing, God wouldn't have bothered to explain the why in most of the scripture, but he does. He explains to us in vast majority of the things that God tells us to do, if not all, he explains why he wants us to do them. And, yeah, we're supposed to obey the commandments. That should be enough, but God goes so far as to give us the reasons why as well. And that that should uh, should eliminate in our heart. And I think a lot of the reason why I grew up having a critically thinking mind was because when I asked my dad a question, very rarely did I get the answer because I said so. Um, he was very good about giving me the reasons why we do this and why do we do this? Why do we use this tool instead of this tool, you know, and, and, and that kind of thing when we would work on projects outside or whatever, that was the attitude he took. He was going to answer the question. Um, and so that developed within me, that critical thinking mind, but we, we don't do that as well. I feel like in some, in some ways in, in the church setting, or in a discipleship setting sometimes, because we're taking it as an affront to our own personal authority. Well, whose authority do you should we be standing on anyway? We're supposed mm. to be standing on God's authority, and if he took the time to explain it, we should take the time to explain it. Mm. Um, and uh, really, uh, personally, I think a lot of it comes down to that. We ought to be able not just to know what we believe and why we believe it, but be able to help others know what they should believe and why they should believe it, because God said it and lead them again to Christ and that relationship that they have with Christ. And because you're a son, we ought to do what the father says. And this is why he said we should do it. And it all comes back to, I'm not telling you to do something. I'm not teaching you what I believe about this scripture. I'm taking you to the scripture and saying, do you have a relationship with God, the father? If the answer is yes, this is what the father has told us to do. Let's, let's do it. And here's why he said it. The um, the whole aspect of, of when we feel attacked, I know when I would feel attacked or f- like somebody was attacking my authority as pastor or authority in whatever role I was fulfilling, a lot of times my response when I would give the 
uh, you know, because I'm the boss or because I'm the pastor or whatever, was not necessarily, uh, it was out of fear. It was out of a, a fear that I didn't have an answer. I didn't, mm-hmm. I didn't understand how to answer that why. And one of the things that discipleship and, and, and modeling the ministry with this model of discipleship, and it's a model that affects from top to bottom everything in the church. Uh, it has helped me to not, like we did our episode a couple weeks ago, to be able to say, you know what, I don't know, but let me find mm-hmm. out. That yeah. the, the, the helpfulness of being able to admit, you know what, I don't know everything. I don't understand everything. But when you're an authoritarian, you, you can't admit that. You can't come to that conclusion. And a lot of times, I think, uh, at least I, I didn't want to admit that. I didn't want to see that disconnect. That was one of those that, that I saw, but I didn't want to admit. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. uh, and, and God had to help me with that and help me learn that those are not the way to respond. That's not the way to do it. Now, are there times that a leader has to set down their foot because the person they're dealing with just doesn't doesn't have the tools yet to understand. Uh, yes, those there. I'm not saying there aren't times that we need to set down our foot and say this is the way it needs to be, uh, and we would be glad to show you in Scripture. What I found though is a lot of times when you set your foot down like that, and uh, and you are willing to show them in Scripture, most of them aren't interested in, in understanding the Scripture. Mm-hmm. They're not. I had one. Uh, situation where I had a, a couple in the church that uh, had the idea that uh, you know that uh, carbon dating was more accurate than the scripture and and that you know they they believed the scripture but they believed it more as an allegory than they did anything else and, right and I I offered to you know we had a difference of a of a, I guess opinion on the age of the earth and obviously so with them valuing uh, carbon dating over the scriptures. But I was willing to sit down with them, and I offered to sit down with them and uh, was able to uh, gonna explain to them from the scriptures how old the earth is, and we can go through and establish that in scripture. Uh, but when I offered that, they said, well, we're not interested, we don't need that. Uh, and they just they stopped coming. Now, we had a very cordial relationship even throughout this disagreement um and even if i saw them around town today uh i would be i would not have any hesitation to go up to them and be kind and and courteous to them and i i would expect none of nothing else from them i would expect them to be kind and courteous to me so it wasn't a knockdown drag out kind of thing but it was just one where they believed what they wanted to believe, and they didn't want the scriptures to show them anything else. Mm-hmm. But the beautiful thing of it was, was as a pastor, this didn't become a, a knockdown. This wasn't an ugly fight. I've seen churches and I've seen situations that something similar would become an ugly fight. Mm-hmm. In fact, when they left, they gave me a, a, a note, a handwritten note that announced that they wouldn't be coming back. But the note was very cordial, very complimentary, very uh, appreciative for the messages that I did preach to them and the things that I did teach them. So all of this happened because why? Because I was willing to take the scriptures and and show them and know those things. But because I have an intentional plan to teach people things and I can do it with intentionality and and a system, I now have the 
freedom and liberty to uh, be able to, to deal with situations without having to elevate everything to a crisis. Mm-hmm. Um, and we can deal with things in a wonderful way. So, Because what you're doing is you're saying, hey, let's go look at the scripture on it. You're not saying, you know, no, this is what I think. This is my authority on the matter. You need to believe what I think. Sure. Because you're saying, okay, well, let's let's look at the scripture together and see what the Bible says about it. And then they have to, they can't argue, they're not arguing with you anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so... But again, it's it's always bring them back to what does God say about it, and not in a harsh way, not in a mean way, because you care about that person, because you have a discipleship attitude towards that person. Now you can take them sure. to the scripture and say, hey, look, uh, you have the same relationship with God the Father that I have. Let's go see yeah. what he has to say. Really, what we're doing is uh, recognizing the three institutions that God has ordained we recognize the institution of family. That was the first thing he ordained. We recognize the institution that God ordained mm-hmm. in government, and we recognize the institution in the church, uh, the, uh, the uh, responsibilities of each of the three. And we primarily deal with the family and the church when we're dealing with things. And so in this case, uh, this couple was a family. I had no authority over the family. Mm-hmm. But I do have a responsibility of leadership within the church that does affect the family and was there to help the family. Mm-hmm. And this family chose to what? They, because I recognize the, the headships in each, I understand that what my role is, and then I don't get involved in things that are not my role. Mm-hmm. And so that headship of Christ and the headship of God uh, in the church, but also in the family, is important for us to understand. And when we disciple, what what discipleship, the model that Christ showed us is, it, it identifies discipleship, and it identifies headship. And when we recognize if somebody is the head, they're the one that does all the thinking. Mm-hmm. And the key is that a lot of times we like to think the pastor is the head of the church. As pastors, we like to think that. The body doesn't generally... Uh, always think that, <laughs> but you know they're quick to remind us that Christ is the head. But then we all are pretty uh, quick to not remember that what the head's responsibility is. They do all the thing. The head does all the thinking. The head mm-hmm. does all the commands. The head gives all the instructions. Right. And every aspect of the body needs to be able to react immediately to the head's instructions, and without protest and without. Uh, without delay. Mm-hmm. Well, what do you have if you have a situation where you're, a couple of members of your body isn't following the leadership of the head? You have an issue. It's called disease or something, mm-hmm. and you're going to go to the doctor and try and resolve that. Right. Well, the body of Christ, what I was, in, and I think if I can maybe uh, speak for you, we both were identifying areas where the body wasn't responding to the head. Right. Exactly, and we were and we weren't recognizing in our practice, and our methods, and our tools, we weren't recognizing the headship of Christ. Mm-hmm. And so, what I what I uh, God has helped me with is being able to bring more of my life and more of the areas of responsibility in my life, where I have that leadership in the church and I have that leadership in the home under the headship of Christ. 
And in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 3, we see that headship established. Let me read it to you real quick. But I would have you know. So here, uh, God is talking through the Apostle Paul to the believers at Corinth. He says, I want you to know this, that the head of every man is Christ. And so in the family, a lot of times we think the, the father is the head of the home. No, that's a gross misunderstatement. Mm-hmm. It's Christ that's the head of the home. Right. And the father is in that, head, that order of headship. But even Christ is, uh, he says here, he's the head of every man. And the head of every woman is the man. So we see that there's that order of headship. But notice, and the head of Christ is God. Mm-hmm. It all ends and it begins and ends with God. Yeah. God the Father, who is all in all. And so that headship starts with God, whether it's the home or the church. And then it goes to Christ. Well, we know Christ did what? He follows the Father perfectly in everything. Mm-hmm. And so... We know there's never a breakdown between the headship of God and Christ. Now, in our families, there can be a breakdown when it gets to the husband. He's not following his head, which is Christ. There can be a breakdown where the wife is not following her head, which is the husband. And the children are not following their head, which is the parents, Mm -hmm. as a team. But then in the church, a lot of times we don't follow our head. And the, the pastor is not the head. The pastor is the under-shepherd or the steward that Mm -hmm. God has called and has placed in that body to be responsible for answering for all that's done. Mm -hmm. I like to compare the pastor to the neck as the part of anatomy. It's the the channel which the head communicates with the body, and it's it's what connects the head and the body together. Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot of responsibility. Most of the time, we don't go around saying, look how pretty my neck is, you know? <laughs> and so it's not about lifting up the pastor. It's not about him having a big name or him being uh, the important one. It's about the whole body emphasizing the head. Mm-hmm. When, I, when I want to talk to somebody and communicate to them, I look at the head. I don't look at the, I don't look generally at the arms or the feet or any other part of the body. If I want to communicate, I look at the head. Why? That's where I'm going to get the most information as to whether I'm communicating or not, mm-hmm. or if they're communicating with me very effectively. And so that's where the, all of that importance is. And so what discipleship has done for me and, and the ministry that God has called me to is given me the tools to cause these disconnects or these inconsistencies that I have been able to identify over the years has given me the tools and a plan, an intentional plan to be able to address that. Mm-hmm. And I can't tell you, I, I mean, I could, but it'd take us hours to talk about the different, uh, the different liberties and the freedom and the, and the releasing of burdens that when I understand what my role is and I stay in my lane, so to speak, that I and, and I do what I've been called to do, and that is to edify and build up the believers so every one of them can be a minister of the gospel, an ambassador of Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. as he says, a minister of reconciliation. But all of this has to, there's just, there's been many things that he's identified that were disconnects or inconsistencies that are, that are, are many of those have been answered, and, and he's still answering those for me going forward. 
Yeah. I think one thing that I would encourage anyone who's listening to this to do, and I'm doing this even right now in my own life. We were talking before we started recording about some stuff that I'm working through. But if there is something that you believe or you've been taught uh, and you don't actually really know practically why or you don't feel that you're sure on practically why, um, there's nothing wrong with studying that topic out. You ought to study it out. Why? Because you ought to know from the scripture what you believe. If you're a disciple of Christ, he'll show you. Um, So there's nothing wrong with doing the research, with finding out. I know for myself, there have been times where I've thought, I'm not super sure on that, but I'm too ashamed to actually do the research or to ask somebody about it because then they might think that I don't believe it. And, well, you can't really even say that you believe something if you don't know what the biblical basis for it is in the first place. So discipleship is one of those things. It's one of those things that was true for me. I didn't know what I believed about discipleship. I wasn't solid on it. I had the right philosophy, but I didn't have the tools and resources that were necessary for me to be able to do discipleship like I knew that God had called me to do and has called every believer to do. So for me, that was one of those topics. But if there's something like that in your life that that you don't know for sure, or you, you think you have the right philosophy, but you don't know why, you need to find out and you need to get those tools in your tool belt. Um, one thing that I would encourage you to do is if you have a question about discipleship or something to that effect, speak to your pastor about it. Um, we'd be happy to talk to you about it as well. From my personal experience, every time that God has identified these things and I saw his face on the matter, mm-hmm. in other words, I prayed and asked him and I would seek his answers from his word, God would always give me somebody who would model it for me. Right. And, and that would show me, and again, when I'm talking about modeling it, uh, some of the critical things that we need to consider is, is this person teaching me the scripture or are they teaching me their opinion? Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of well-named, uh, big-name people out there that will, I don't even know that they fully understand it, but they tend to teach you their opinion. And and you, and you I've, I've gotten this from pastors at, pre- at preachers' meetings, at good preachers' meetings and other things that, you ask them, hey, I'm struggling with this, and then they, you listen to what they're saying, and a lot of what they're or saying— Or they tell you to go read somebody's book. They'll tell me to go to another human being. Uh, they will give me their thoughts or their experience or their opinion on things. And can you do that and still it come from the Scriptures? Absolutely. So you, you're looking for, does this match up with the Scriptures? Mm-hmm. In other words, is the advice I'm getting here— on this matter, is this what the scriptures say, and is it consistent with what the scripture says, and not just one passage or one obscure passage, but is it consistent throughout? Is mm-hmm. this a pattern that we see God working? Because God says He doesn't change, and I think most of us that are listening to this podcast would agree or accept that as a as a fundamental truth that mm-hmm. God is this, is is an unchanging God. He's immutable. Uh, Jesus said, "I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever." And so if he is, if that is true, then God is a consistent God, and we should see these consistencies throughout, throughout time. Mm-hmm. And uh, just because sometimes we can't explain the consistency doesn't mean it doesn't exist, mm-hmm. because he does tell us his ways are much higher than ours, and his thoughts are much higher than ours. So right. just because I can't explain it doesn't necessarily mean it isn't true. Mm-hmm. But I would encourage you to ask God, seek God's face in these matters, and then 
have him bring that person into your life that will mm-hmm. model it for you. And then you double check by making sure that it is in harmony with the scriptures. And that is what the scriptures are saying. And as Simeon and I were talking earlier, I haven't taught him discipleship. I taught him what God had taught me. Mm-hmm. And the Holy Spirit has confirmed these same things in his heart. And I trust that's what is happening on the podcast as well. And we want to encourage you and strengthen you and uh, simply point you to the what the Holy Spirit will show you. And he will, he will confirm these things in your heart as right. well. I think that's an excellent place for us to go ahead and, and call it quits on this one. But we've been talking about um, how our philosophies early on about discipleship um, and the tools that we had did not match up and how the Lord has brought us to a place where those tools match at least a lot better than they used to. And so uh, if you have any questions or comments, please feel free to reach out to us. We'd be happy to hear from you. I'll give you the information to do that um, in the sting here. So again, thank you so much for listening to this episode, a little bit longer episode today, uh, but I hope it was helpful to you and encouragement to you to um, get out there and seek. You know, the Lord said that if you sought for wisdom, that the God of wisdom would give to you liberally. And so that is that is what he promised that he would do. So if there's something you're seeking for wisdom on, you seek it from the Lord and he will provide a means for which you obtain that wisdom. And he promised that he would do that. So thanks again so much for listening. And uh, we hope you have a great week. We'll get back with you again next Tuesday. Thanks so much. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for joining us for this episode of General Order 4. On next week's episode, we will continue our discussion about discipleship. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach out to us by email at generalorder4 at gmail.com. That's F-O-U-R. Or on Twitter, at General Order, the number 4. Please like, share, and subscribe.